in, I think it was late January of this year, 2020. That was about 17 years ago, January 2020. I remember it was my very first conversation with Dr. Angela Dunn. Uh, She wasn't a celebrity yet then, right? She was just a state epidemiologist, and most of us didn't really know what an epidemiologist was. She, since then, of course, has become a rock star and has her own T-shirt. Well, when she and I spoke in late January, the question was, uh, I, you know, very ignorantly at the time said, hey, so like, what's the difference between like a coronavirus and the cold? Like, what's what's a coronavirus uh, and, uh, and and no, 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 what's the difference between a coronavirus and the flu? And she very, uh, very kindly and graciously explained uh, to me and uh, led me out of ignorance. And I started my education uh, towards becoming an armchair epidemiologist myself, as you and I, of course, <laughs> consider ourselves today. Well, on that same day, I remember having another conversation regarding the coronavirus. And if I'm honest, I felt I, I felt a little hesitant to to ask this question at the time. It just felt so absurd. I felt like I was being alarmist and I was contributing to fears that were unfounded. That question was, is it possible that we could possibly lose out uh, on the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo? When I asked that question, I honestly, I thought that, I thought wrapping up the show that day that the bosses were going to be meeting me out in the hall saying, hey, Lee, what the heck are you doing here scaring our audience, talking about the Olympic Games? The Olympic Games are uh, an age-old tradition which brings nothing but joy and excitement and a healthy spirit of competition uh, while also at the same time bringing us together. And you think something from some far-off place is going to bring that to an end? And I thought, oh, yeah, no, I just... uh," Well, luckily they weren't out there. And unfortunately, what I thought at the time was such a silly notion to bring up has unfortunately become, well, as you well know, true. Yeah, we didn't have a Summer Olympics this year. They've been postponed to next year. I think opening ceremonies scheduled for July 24th or 23rd of 2021. Anyway, we'll find out. I know they were scheduled for Pioneer Day to kick off here uh, this year, postponed by a year. So, uh, yeah, here we go. July 23rd, 2021 is when the uh, Summer Olympics in Tokyo are scheduled to uh, commence. Now, how about this? Will they happen? Will we have the 2021 Olympics, or the 2020 Olympics, I should say, uh, taking place in 2021? I want to walk through some of what has been said about that and some of the safeguards that are being discussed right now. Uh, But let me first remind you of the timeline we discussed just yesterday as we learned of the emergence of this Pfizer vaccine and of the Moderna vaccine and the timeline for eventual rollout. Now, we really only know how, well, well, I should say, we really can only speculate about the timeline as it affects this country, the United States. Here in Utah, it's predicted that in the next uh, few weeks uh, into December, we will be on the receiving end of the first 100,000 doses. Uh, That, because two doses are required for uh, inoculation, uh, means that uh, 50,000 of our high-risk frontline workers will likely be the first to receive that vaccine. That's phase one. And then, as time goes on and uh, production and distribution continue, uh, we will slowly but surely move towards a time where the general public will have access to this vaccine. The estimate for that is sometime between uh, March and July. Now, if there is a similar, if there is a similar timeline throughout the nation, 
And if young, able-bodied people, young, healthy people, Olympic athletes, uh, likely find themselves at the bottom of the list or last in line, will there be enough time for vaccines to make their way to the athletes? Or will there be some kind of exception made? Who knows? Uh, after speaking, uh, international, uh, so the International Olympic Committee president, uh, Thomas Bach, he spoke recently to reporters about the role of a vaccine and his hopes for athletes come 2021. In order to protect the, the, the Japanese people and out of respect for the Japanese people, uh, the IOC will undertake a great effort so that as many as uh, possible of uh, the Olympic participants and uh, visitors will arrive here uh, vaccinated if uh, by then a vaccine is uh, available. So did you hear that? He said if, if a vaccine by then is available to them. I, this might, this might sound strange. I believe so strongly in the unifying power of the Olympics and in this COVID era, the healing power of the Olympic Games, that I would be, myself, I would give up my spot in line to an athlete. I believe that to see athletes come from all over the world, to see that beautiful parade where flags of sometimes uh, warring nations are able to march in peacefully and engage in sportsmanship and camaraderie and competition, I, at least for me personally, have drawn so much inspiration from that that I would, I would give up my place in line for an athlete. I don't say that uh, to put out some call for you know the rest of the world to, to do similar things. I, I, I believe pretty strongly that something will be figured out by then. Uh, but if it came to it, if it came down to get vaccinated uh, or have the Olympics, uh, I, well, that, that's, a, that's an absurd hypothetical, so I won't, I won't actually answer that one. But uh, if, if I could help in some way bring forth the, the Olympics, uh, I, I would gladly do it. I'd gladly do it. I'd, I'd, I'd get right back in line. That's for darn sure. <laughs> I want to get that vaccine. Uh, but uh, the Olympics are a beautiful, beautiful thing. In the next segment, as a matter of fact, we'll be speaking with Fraser Bullock, president and CEO of the Salt Lake City, Utah Committee for the Games. Uh, we're talking right now about the summer games in Tokyo. Uh, but also a discussion which is happening right now uh, is the potential for Salt Lake City and Utah to again host a winter games. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be exciting? I'd sure like that. Uh, continuing to hear from the Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach, he talked about, uh, we, we've spoken about the athletes thus far. Well, you know, if, if you were here in Utah in 2002, you know that the Olympics uh, are, also, are also a big thing for spectators. So what about spectators in 2021? And this makes us also very, very confident uh, that we can have uh, spectators uh, then uh, in the Olympic uh, Stadia uh, next year and uh, that uh, also the spectators uh, will enjoy a safe uh, environment. Am I crazy? Am I putting too much stock in the value of, of the Olympic Games? We here in Utah, we have a different relationship with the Olympics. So many cities across the globe uh, really haven't been able to have a, a front seat row or a front seat view of what the Olympics mean to a community and how unifying it actually is, not only for the city that hosts, but for the, for the globe. Think about this. Uh, as you have 
maybe traveled around Utah for the past almost 20 years or if you, uh, you know, go off to some other country or city here in the States um, and you see one of those roots jackets or the beret and you see Salt Lake City 2002, how exciting is that? It's not just you. Countless hundreds of thousands of folks feel exactly the same way. Should Olympic athletes be prioritized? Should they get a different position in the list of those receiving the vaccine? 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I am very, very confident that we'll be able to move faster and that we'll be able to get uh, the vaccine available to everyone and that these hypotheticals I'm bringing up will be uh, you know, moot, that there will be no reason to have to make decisions like that. But we'll certainly find out, huh? Uh, I last night, knowing that I'd be speaking with Fraser Bullock, I went to I went to YouTube and pulled up some of the some of the ice hockey finals between Canada and the United States from here in Salt Lake City. Uh, actually, if I remember correctly, they were uh, those games were played uh, down in Provo, right? At uh, the Ice Arena in Provo, is that right? If someone could remind me, 57500 uh, is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Shoot me a note. Uh, but to remember the exciting spirit there, uh, I, it, was just, it was just wonderful. And to think that possibly we could get back to that sometime soon, is uh, it's really, in addition to the vaccine coming, it is also the light at the end of the tunnel. I view the Olympics of next summer, should they happen, and I so hope they do, to be really the world's celebration after emerging from a really difficult year and a half. Anyway, uh, going to take a quick break right now. When we return, Fraser Bullock, the president and CEO of the Salt Lake City Utah Committee for the Games, what is the future for Olympics here in Utah? Do we get the games again? We'll see next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Not sure if you picked up in the tone of my voice in the segment before the break there, but I I get real excited about the Olympics. I get real excited about the Olympics. I love competition. I love seeing uh, the athleticism. I like the drama. I like the personalities. And if I'm honest, uh, every two years or so, I find myself getting reinvigorated to take care of my own physical fitness. Yeah, the last Summer Olympics, I, it was right about that uh, that year when I really got into running. And it was because, you know, you hear the stories of all the hard work that goes into uh, training and preparing and competing uh, in the competitions leading up to qualifying to compete in the Olympics. I was inspired by that level of dedication. And now you're not going to see me in the Olympics anytime soon. Uh, but what is contagious and what I did catch was uh, the, the desire to, to better myself. And I think the Olympics uh, not only serves as a great example of coming together, but also uh, bettering yourself, uh, you know, physically and mentally. Anyway, uh, I have a strong affection for the Olympic Games, and I have a strong affection for uh, the state of Utah and the city of Salt Lake. And when those two come together, man, oh, man, that's my cup of tea. Joining us on the line right now to talk about a possible return to Utah for the Olympic Games is Fraser Bullock, the president and CEO of Salt Lake City, Utah Committee for the Games. Uh, Fraser, sir, welcome back to the program. How are you? Always a pleasure. Doing well. Thank you. We Listen, you, you, you've heard it in my voice already. You and I need to be speaking more, much more often. The Olympics get me excited. Anytime I can chat with you and get some insight, it's an exciting day for me. Uh, t- tell me, what's the latest in the effort to bring the Games back to Utah? 
Well, we, as you know, we were selected by the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee to be America's choice for the next winter games that are coming to the United States. So that was the first gate we needed to go through. And we're through that. We're successful. And now the next gate is to determine which games we want to pursue, whether it's 2030 or 2034. And we're working through that with the U.S. OPC, which is the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And once we determine that, we will bid for those specific games with the IOC and hope we are their choice. What are the what are the considerations that would lead us to pursue 30 over 34 or vice versa? Yeah, there uh, each game has pluses and minuses. For those of us who are older, 30s uh, will be younger. And so that's a big uh, plus for some of us. Um, um, and the other one is our venues will be newer and because they do need upkeep and things like that. And the games kind of refresh them. Yeah. So they'd get refreshed sooner, which is a benefit. Uh, the challenge with, uh, 2030 is that it's back to back with LA, which has the 28 summer games. And when you're that close to games <clears throat> between the two, there's only so much money in domestic sponsorship revenue, and so ah. that would have to be shared. So we have to work that out. Uh, and, and those are the considerations, in fact, were in conversations almost, well, uh, certainly on a weekly basis going through the pluses and minuses of each. And 2034 is a little further out. Obviously, um, the venues would need uh, more uh, sustaining uh, economics and investment, but then we wouldn't have back-to-back with L.A. in terms of sharing sponsorship revenue. So we're going through all the analysis, the economics. And that, that's a big, and, that's uh, a big deal, right? The, the, the econo- Sometimes it feels a little gross to be talking money, but that is a, that's a real deal. That uh, is a, maybe the largest consideration. Is that fair to say? Well, you have to. In our case, we have to have games that at least break even because we don't want to put any burden on the taxpayer. And so it is, it's foundational. If you can't put on games that make uh, at least break even, it doesn't work. So it is foundational to moving forward. Are are games typically, help me refresh my memory, I don't follow the the money of this as closely as maybe I should. Uh, Do do cities typically host nations even? Do they typically break even, or is it a loss or a gain? What do the numbers usually work out to be? The numbers usually work out to be big losses. Um, And, for example, uh, Sochi, now they did build a city in the mountains, but they lost $50 billion. Rio, probably $20 billion dollars. Pyeongchang, probably $12 billion. So these are big numbers that countries invest in massive infrastructure. In our games, though, we made $100 million, which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Uh, in 2002, we were very economical and were able to do things very efficiently. In our future games, whether it's 30 or 34, the good news is all of our venues are built. And so the largest single investment is taken care of. That really facilitates us being able to have at least break-even games going forward. Yeah. Uh, 2030, 2034, that is the the distant future. We'll certainly have flying cars by then. Is there anything, though, about our experience currently, what we are going through in the midst of this coronavirus, uh, that informs the conversations about either the 2030 or 34 games? 
Absolutely. The world has changed in a big way. It's affecting all of us, but it also affects the Olympics. We always had in our planning risk mitigation back in 2002, and we utilized some of that with obviously planning, contingency planning based on 9-11, which was four and a half months uh, before our games. And so with Olympics, you're always thinking of contingency plans and things like this. But what's occurring with Tokyo right now is far beyond what anybody ever imagined. That now needs to be integrated into our thinking and planning for 30 or 34, which it is. And that's part of the effort that's underway right now is doing that planning. Fascinating. Uh, I, this is an unfair question as, as you're, you know, you, you're not uh, on the, the committee for the, the summer games upcoming next year, but uh, we'll have a summer games next year, right? Yes, I'm, I'm very confident of that. Uh, the question is, what are the protocols and who can attend? Will the general public be able to attend as spectators? That's a question yet to be answered. I think it's significantly driven by the availability of a vaccine. 100%. Um, and the protocols for the athletes, the top priority is to keep them safe. I think they'll be able to put in good protocols for them and certainly be able to get vaccines. So I think it will go forward. It's just who attends. Yeah. Uh, Fraser Bullock, thank you so much for this. Let's look for more opportunities to to speak and get Olympic updates. It just excites me every time this topic is broached. Thank you for the work you're doing here on behalf of the state and the city and the Olympic Games. Fraser Bullock, President and CEO of the Salt Lake City, Utah Committee for the Games. Thanks, Fraser. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to have a conversation with outgoing Congressman Rob Bishop. One of his last acts as a member of Congress will be to debate the budget the Department of Defense. We'll get those details, what it means for Utah next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News.